Hello and welcome to the Home Business Podcast. My name's Phil. Joining me as usual, I've got Mr. Rohan. How's it going? Hey, man. Good. Good. I think we uh, I'm bloody sick. You're, what, like, tired, exhausted. So it's going to be an interesting <laughs> episode. And, of course, it's a massive release. Um, so, yeah. What have we got? Uh, 2023.11. Yeah. Um, let's... I'm going to start with the usual uh, opening. This episode of the Homeison Podcast is sponsored by Homeison Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local home assistant instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the home assistant and the ESP home projects. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. Okay, nice. There we go. Finally got there. Um, here we go. So, uh, 2023.11. Uh, yeah. It's November no, like, already. November <laughs> and the like one of the biggest releases, I think, like in terms of stuff coming out of there. Um, but first, before we get on to home isn't um first one a bigger uh, shout out to um Chris, Mike, and Kat who have signed up to our Patreon. Um so big thank you for that. We do appreciate the support. Um we are yep. working on what we can give in terms of value uh, for the podcast there. So I've been trying to push out the uh, episodes a little bit earlier as soon as they're edited, fresh off the press, straight onto the Patreon feed. Um, If you can subscribe, we do appreciate it. It's going to help us grow the podcast and and make it better. Um, And also uh, one of our uh, guests that we've had on uh, a little bit ago, uh, Glenn reached out to us and said, hey, um, if you're interested in uh, people wanting to send tips across uh, to the podcast. Um, you should look into things uh, like uh, Podcasting 2.0 and the Lightning Network of Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, there are what's called the Value for Value Podcasting. I actually forgot that I had set this up a while ago. I use Fountain.fm for some of my podcasts that I listen to. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everyone that's uh, been boosting the episodes there. Uh, it certainly uh, is appreciated. It helps us grow the podcast as well. So, uh, and, yeah, if you want to... Give any feedback to the podcast and want to send in a boost, we'd be happy to read the comments there and, um, and get a two-way conversation happening there as well. Yeah, perfect. That's great. Thank you so much again. All right. State of the open home has been moved around. What's going on there? Yeah. So uh, they moved around a little bit. Um, so normally it happens um, around this time-ish, right? Um, so it's going to be moved to a little later in the year. Uh, sorry, not in the in the year. It's going to be a little moved into a little earlier next year. Um, I think it's just there's there's always so much going on right now, and then you go into a lull where nothing is happening. So I think they're just trying yeah. to even out the just the workload and stuff a little bit. Um, it it makes sense. So I mean, if you're if you're sitting here waiting anxiously for that, um, it's going to be just a couple more months. I think they're thinking. Uh, probably early spring. Uh, well, I guess that's spring. My my spring. So that would be. Uh, <laughs> so what? We're hopefully, talking like, like, like a what quarter two ish, like a March April ish timeline. Probably, I think yeah, around there, right? Uh, so yeah, should be should be cool. So we'll keep you posted uh, when we hear more. And, yeah. So yeah, this used to be the state of the union. Now it's the state of the open home. Um, there was before yeah. COVID, there was live events. Um, people would you know physically appear in person. There'd be a keynote mm-hmm. from Paulus. Um, now that moved yeah. has moved to virtually. Um, yeah, and it, and it happened around again. It was ho- around Home Assistant's birthday, right? So it's just yeah. there's all the birthday stuff happening. There's always like a nice big splash launch thing happening, and like yeah. all of that, and then yeah. So makes sense. 
Nice one. And uh, Year of the Voice. So we had uh, the Year of the Voice, Chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Really cool to see custom wake words. Yeah. I did see there was a, a couple of cheeky ones in there. Uh, really appreciate Jarvis being in there. Uh, yeah. the nod to the Amazon Echo I saw. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that little lady's named there too. Uh, yes. So, it's uh, yeah. it's pretty cool. I've been I've been playing with it. It's worked pretty well so far. Um, yep. Ran into one or two challenges. I think that was also because I was on um, earlier code. Um, I haven't had time to pick it up since. So I'm hoping it's uh, some of the things have been fixed. I know Paul has mentioned there's one or two uh, pieces from when the creators first found out about what's going on and stuff like that. We just got a little bit of an early uh, release that we had access to. So yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'll have something to show uh, a little soon. I'll just hold this up for now. Uh, it's a little yes. M5 stack, Adam, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that uh, probably in another episode because I haven't had a ton of time to do a whole lot with it. But uh, <laughs> yep. but we can we can do that there. That's it. That's it. Um, so in terms of the release twenty twenty three dot eleven, yeah, it is a huge release. Um, I'm actually surprised. Yeah. Like at some of the things that have landed, I wasn't expecting them, but uh, Matter 1.2 is now available. Um, so there's no devices that you can benefit from, uh, but Home yep. Assistant uh, now supports version 1.2 of the Matter protocol, um, which brings in vacuums, fridges, dishwashers. Um, they're all in the new spec, which is cool to see. I'm wondering yeah. how many manufacturers, like I just got a new fridge is my, and it's got a Wi-Fi connection. Is that going to get an update yeah. to matter? Because I surely yeah, hope so. Not. I'm, I'm <laughs> probably not going to buy a dishwasher now until I get a, a matter yeah. capable one. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, but are you though? Cool. Like it, it's it's. I don't know. So, so, some some of the things are like kind of far fetched. Like I don't know. Even, would, would I spend the, extra money to get a, a matter dishwasher, for example? That's what I mean. That's yeah, what I mean. Maybe like at the moment, like I've got that power plug meter watching, you know, is a yeah. dishwasher done to be able to have like better visibility, like, you know, what stage of a new cycle a dishwasher is at, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe does it need, uh, you know, like the rinse aid to be topped up, you know, is that tank fair? Empty? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Like if those sensors were available, then yeah, why not? And if I needed to replace a dishwasher, I'm not going to, replace a functioning dishwasher that's you know just no, for the hell that's just wasteful out, right um yeah although we did just break annoyingly the handle on our dishwasher is like half snapped oh, no. off and it's yeah. like a you know cheap plasticky handle right i'm like well this is just frustrating now like it's really it's, awkward yeah, to open. Yeah, yeah. and like what am i going to do like call up someone and say hey have you got a spare part for look this handle like and then come and replace it like yeah it's an old dishwasher it's like probably a decade old right yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah, that that's, point, you just replace the dishwasher. It's so wasteful, but so now, now you have to wait. It's uh, wait for wait for. A wait, wait, yeah, but that's it. This is a reason to then. stop me from just going to, you know, <laughs> Best Buy or Good Guys or wherever yeah. else I'd go and say buy a new dishwasher because it's handle right. But yeah, yeah. But what is cool though is, uh, and and this there they were they were chatting about this on the creators call too, which is. Uh, Home Assistant is like pretty much got Matter Server uh, the the new update in there like like two three days after the spec came out. Nice. Um, as of time of recording, I mean, uh, you know, we're we're still in October while we're recording this. Um, yep. 
and the creators call happened oh God, it was the last wednesday which is today's the 28th whatever that math works out to uh yeah. and they like i think i think the new matter standard released like the monday or something like that and it was already it's already in so couple of vendors are already like starting to look they're they're, they're utilizing home system to do their testing on as kind of the reference nice. design so it's kind of it's kind of neat right so not not that not that they're going to be building for home assistant but, but it's just if, if it's matter it's matter right that that's, yeah. that's the point of matter so um so i thought that was kind of a neat uh neat little uh thing there that other vendors also just shows how active this development community is right mm-hmm. to beat you know like the big other vendor players, right, that could throw money at it. Um, yeah. Whereas now there's an open source project that's faster than their own development timelines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one little note I found out about that too is uh, going forward, if you're running like a like the RC release um, of Home Assistant, uh, make sure you download the beta channel because just like ZWebJS, where there's, there's a bit of a dependency on the version, uh, like the most recent version of Matter to, or sorry, the most recent version of ZWebJS to the most recent version of, uh, Home Assistant, that, that coupling will, will, uh, start to happen in with Matter server. So uh, there's a different Matter server that you need to run as well as Home Assistant, like depending on how you're running it. If you're running it on okay. the OS, it, doesn't matter because the OS kind of just handles all of that. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so if you if you have like a Home Assistant Yellow or or you're just running it in a VM, uh, yep, that way, then then you're fine. Um, if you're running it like kind of like I am on Docker, uh, things like that, it, it makes a little more of a difference. Um, if you're running it old school in a VM uh, virtual environment, then uh, then it really matters. Uh, I don't know how many people are still doing that. Um, I think a lot of people have moved over either to the OS or, I mean, or doing like myself, the container, yep. more supported model. I'm sure but there's folks out there doing it. Not not that there's anything wrong with it. Just, just a little up, more upkeep. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's there. Nice. Yeah. Um, to-do lists. So um, there's a new device class that's, that's now landed in 2023, 11. Uh, which is called a to-do list. Um, as the name kind of suggests, it is a type of list. <laughs> um, and shopping lists, which are which have already existed in the past, have now been actually migrated to a to-do list. Um, but the nice thing behind this, and, and, and a little bit of foreshadowing here, is integrations can now go in and be able to create their own to-do list. Nice. So, for example, maybe you have a Google a to-do list where Google can, you know, you have, you have whatever you keep synchronized in there. Um, And now that can actually be brought in as a provider, as as an integration into home assistant. And that can actually start synchronizing those to-do lists. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, But basically the to-do entity just represents um, a bunch of tasks and uh, what the state of that entity will be the amount. It'll be the amount of tasks that are remaining. So stuff that isn't, marked complete or checked off effectively right yeah um, so that will be represented by the actual um state of the entity so if, if you have like five uh in your shopping list your shopping list entity will show five uh that, that haven't been checked off so um 
so that's kind of cool um, in there. So you can also use uh, use some services uh, behind it. So if you have automations, things like that to mark off tasks. So um, again, maybe you have a button that uh, that you press to, um, you know, that when you like refill your your soap or something like that, right? So it's like, okay, great. You press the button, it'll go in and it will run the service to go in and like, change the status of that uh of that uh task or potentially i mean phil you use i don't know if you still do it but you use the grossy i did uh, yeah yeah I've, integration since moving house i haven't had time to set it up again yeah but i do i i, I every time i look at things around i'm like oh, i wish i'd known that was out of stock i would have had that automated right like right well now it, it's i know grocery man it manages some of your uh shopping lists already right because you yep. can say hey i have like seven cans of soda whatever like exactly yeah yeah. but you can actually have that something like that now go in and say hey when it hits zero go in and just immediately update my shopping list right to do to do whatever so again it doesn't have to be a shopping list it's it's called a to-do list for a reason right uh we're just using shopping list as an example um and you can have multiple uh, multiple lists in there too um and if you look at the ui it's actually kind of slick where um when you collapse the sidebar, your lists kind of show up, uh, your, your different lists show up in, in home assistant. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's a kind of neat uh, thing. I haven't had the chance to play with it yet. Uh, I know we spent a quite a bit of time talking, talking about it on the creators call because everybody was like, Whoa, this is interesting. Why do we, you know, why do we opt to do this versus that and stuff like that? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. it was, uh, it was pretty neat. And then, so Todoist and Google Tasks are coming in there as well. Yeah, cool. So I have a few thoughts, if I may. I want to hear Indulge them. you. I'll indulge you for a few minutes um, because I think yeah. this is a really big feature. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one of the, I say it all the time, maybe one of the biggest features for 2023 or the biggest seismic changes. Um, so I think one, I've always, I have said uh, on one of the creators called recently, um, one of the things lacking you know, for a voice assistant for me to replace, you know, my Amazon Echo, things mm-hmm. like to-do lists need to be, you know, I always tell her, like, add this to my shopping list, do this. Yeah. Um, I can see now if, you know, now that we've got Year of the Voice going on, this ties so neatly into that, right? Um, sure. It's going to make to-do lists, you know, like a first-class entity or integration that the voice assistant can now leverage, right? Um, yeah. You know, shopping list you know and can mark it off check it off fantastic love it um i love that there are automations to add tasks you know so a battery runs out you know mm-hmm. I've replace this battery add it to you know home maintenance you know uh to-do list can be there replace this battery you know this battery is below 20 percent. you need to replace it uh, yeah that's actually a great that's actually an amazing automation because yes. you can see your battery state so you can just yeah. go in and do it and then, you know, if you've got more than 10 tasks, you know, show a card to say, hey, you know, you get off your ass and do some of this stuff, right? You've got more than 10 maintenance yeah. items that need to be done, right? Um, but what I'm really excited for, and it's a bit personal, but and I'll share. So I use a an, an AI calendar assistant because um, mm-hmm. I have so much, what my wife says, oh, I have too many projects, too many hobbies, too many projects always on the go, right? And I never devote yeah. enough time to them um so i use a calendar ai assistant um to do things you know scheduling the time you know when i need to edit the podcast or um you know if i you know 
do some home automation, you know, maybe I think of an idea, I'll, I'll put it in there and then I'll schedule some time in my calendar out of work hours, you know, so I don't forget it. Um, so right now I've yeah. got things like I've got to edit this episode before the release date comes out. Uh, i to set up some blinds in my son's room. Um, you know, so it, it automatically, you know, I put in due dates and it just works out. All right. Based on this due date, do this yeah. in this order sort of thing. Right. It's really cool. That integrates with Google tasks. So now I can have things pump into that AI. So and do things yeah. like when a battery runs out, right? Okay. Add a task for 15 minutes that I need to go and replace batteries and put it as high priority in Google tasks. Um, that'll get synced over to my AI assistant and then blocks out in my calendar. 15 minutes on Monday, go do this. So um, I'm really nice. excited for this. Um, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll leave that a link is, to that, really that assistant um, if anyone's interested um, in the show notes. But yeah, I think... Uh, Google Tasks and Todoist, like, yeah, great integrations to start off with as well. That is cool. Yeah. No, and, and I think that's a pretty neat uh, neat use case there too. Yeah. So, like, so many yeah, to-do lists. Love it. Um, one of the things I do, I'm really, as another personal favorite, uh, the custom status for tile cards. Um, so you can now customize information displayed on the cards in your dashboard. So if you want to show the state of when it was last updated, now you can, which was, it was something I always found like frustrating with the mushroom cards or just the cards in general, right? Like mm-hmm. you had to choose what that second line was, right? Like you couldn't have multiple things, right? Um, you'd have to go yeah. to the more info panel. Um, so now I'm going to change my thermostat card to say who last changed the thermostat. <laughs> because a couple of weeks ago I walked into the living room and it was like it's winter in Southern Hemisphere or it's spring at the moment. It was bloody hot and I said, what the hell is going on with the, why is it so warm in here? And my wife's like, oh, just, you know, turn the turn the heater on. Like I looked at it, it was set to 30 degrees. It's like, no, nah, I did not do that. That's That, that must be an error with home. Whoa. No, you said it. I looked, sure enough, it said my wife's name, done 30 degrees <laughs> i think the the, uh, the ios app and the dashboard was a bit buggy at the time like it was just right. when that new i was running the beta so the new uh way to yeah. you know the new card was really bugging out a little bit um but no sure enough she had inadvertently set the thermostat to 30 degrees so now That's i'm gonna amazing. have whoever changed the thermostat or the air conditioner setting in my on my dashboard so I don't have to go into the history and find out who's done hold, it. hold people accountable right, exactly, right uh, without exactly. having to do extra clicks so that's good exactly <laughs> um, yeah no it, it is pretty cool and and again sometimes you might not care about what the default piece that's showing there is and stuff yeah. like that so it's kind of cool that you can you can do that it's nice but even like you know like I think in the examples I've got like you know brightness of the what the um, dim mm-hmm. like level it's set to right um, and you know maybe what battery you know how much batteries left when it was left updated. Yeah. Well, I mean, even to use your example for a thermostat, you could also show like what the current temperature is versus what it's set to and and yep. stuff like that, right? So yeah, um, yeah, a lot of cool things there. All right. Uh, the conditional card has gotten some new conditions as well. Um, so Paul's been hard at work uh, to bring in some uh, new rules there into the conditional card. So you can start uh, doing things like showing or hiding cards based on who's logged in, 
um, the, the the state of an entity. So it's like a numeric state of the entity, for example, uh, or even like show the card depending on is it being displayed on like a phone or a tablet or or something else uh, like on a lap like a desktop screen whatever um which is pretty uh pretty interesting actually that's actually really cool um not just cool it's bloody cool like these are fantastic yeah like i'm really excited yeah. for these like i have a tablet user like so i have a tablet in uh, hanging up on the wall somewhere um but i can now dictate you know i can i don't have to have two separate dashboard views i can actually say if it's this person logged in only display these set of cards all right don't display um mm-hmm. the ability to do this or you know similar like if a child's logged in on their tablet don't display um controls for the tv after a certain amount of time absolutely right? yeah. um and but i think the really big one is that device like you know being able to make it more responsive based on phone tablet or desktop um because I've struggled with, you know, I've got like got a nice Lovelace mm-hmm. layout on desktop, a tablet screen. But as soon as I look at it on the phone, everything's all squished up. Now I can yeah, do things yeah. like I would do in web development, have like, all right, if it's uh, tablet, display this row. If it's desktop, display this row sort of thing. Um, yeah. Change the layout a little bit better. So very cool. It is cool. Yeah. Um, and if you want a bit of a nostalgia back to the Windows 95, 98 days, you can now restart Home Assistant in safe mode, um, mm-hmm. which will restart Home Assistant. It will disable all the custom integrations, custom dashboards, everything, um, and will boot up Home Assistant vanilla. Um, so it's useful if you are running to issues and you want to rule out, is it a custom component? Is it me or is it Home Assistant? So, yeah. Yeah. And if you want to and get out of safe mode, just reboot again. Yeah, exactly. And so in if you just to keep it, you know, hopefully less confusing or clear it up, there used to be something called safe mode uh when when Home Assistant kind of crapped out. Um that's yeah. now gotten renamed to recovery mode. So this oh. is not that. Right? So recovery mode, I think I think that that change happened like that that no nomenclature change happened a little bit ago um right i don't think that's new so but basically uh so don't get that confused with recovery mode recovery mode is when something has happened now and home assistant's like hey i'm just trying to come up so you can try and troubleshoot me safe mode is something you boot into uh while you're just trying to troubleshoot or something like that um and to your point phil like it just disables all custom lovelace components custom anything custom that's not native just basically gets uh but things like down. you know, like Z Wave, Z, um, ZHA, all those like core integrations are still going to work. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, nice. rather than it just being like, hey, here's the minimal Home Assistant piece, yeah. right? That it to is get a UI up and show you what yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, um, improv devices. So this is kind of cool. Um, so. Paulus was saying he was actually part of like the improv Wi-Fi standard committee um, and ESP home is part of this. So what, what improv is, is basically provisioning devices on Wi-Fi over Bluetooth. Um, and it's like, okay, we've kind of, you know, that's not really novel or, or anything like that, but here's the cool part. So ESP home 
obviously uh, is able to do things like BLE proxy. So now the experience can be something like, let's say, let's say I'm a device, not a device manufacturer. Maybe I'm just a custom like manufacturer. I make my own own little whatever projects, yeah. right? Um, and I'm selling them or I'm not, whatever. Um, but the idea is I can make my code generic enough and I can say, hey, for Wi-Fi, connect via Bluetooth. And that could be even over like a, like a web page, right? So it doesn't have to be um, exactly like how we like flash, uh, flash ESP home devices, yeah. for example, or Tasmoda devices through, through a browser, um, do the same thing, except the browser would now have access to Bluetooth. Uh, and then push uh, your credentials, your Wi-Fi credentials and stuff through there. Neat thing is, so let's say I have one of these guys and it's acting as a Bluetooth proxy. And for those that are listening on the podcast, I just realized me holding up something isn't going to show you anything. <laughs> uh, if you have if you have an ESP, uh, ESP device uh, that's acting as a Bluetooth proxy, that can now go in and automatically provision your device. So picture this. Now, I've got this device that I've ordered for us from some maker somewhere. Uh, it's based on ESP Home. I go in, I plug in my device. Bluetooth proxy picks it up and says, "Hey, do you want to pick? Do you want to provision this device in Home Assistant?" Nice. Home, in Home Assistant, you go, "Yes." Here's my credentials. Okay, that automatically gets pushed through the Bluetooth proxy, uh, and then the, your device just pops in there, and then you just go through the full setup flow. That's cool. Um, that's pretty slick. Um, so ESP Home is one of the first uh, first folks that that's actually implemented this. Uh, it's uh, you can you can see more information about it, uh, and there's a demo. We'll I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. It's uh, improv wifi.com But uh, yeah, it is uh, it is pretty cool. There's a little video in there. You can go check it out, see what that looks like. Uh, but Basically, um, it looks like it's going to be adopted by WLED, Tasmoda. Obviously, ESP Home kind of has it already. ESP Web Tools, yeah. Clockwise, and Luciferin. So, um, is this going to affect a ton of people? Probably not, but it might make your onboarding experience easier depending on the type of devices you're using, right? So, yeah. it's uh, it just requires whoever is building that uh, that device to just include that improv Wi-Fi piece in their code and, and off it goes. Very cool. And making it open, right? Like now other companies can hopefully just take that, not have to rebuild it. And then it will be easier to integrate with home assistant and other third parties in the future. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, script fields. So when you create scripts in Home Assistant, you can define fields that can be passed to the scripts, um, which I love doing. It's just, you know, it like, mm-hmm. you know, put fields in and say, okay, I want to target this entity, make it a light domain. Um, so now those fields can be shown in the UI when you call the script. So if you do have a field that accepts, you know, a light as a variable to that script, you can actually now have a drop down to pick the light in the UI, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, that is pretty neat. Um, it's going to make things a lot easier. Yeah. For you know, just doing things, right? Like, again, scripts are pretty powerful, so that's nice. Yeah, a lot of code reuse. That's it. Um, last but not least, uh, HomeKit uh, got a bit of an update as well. So HomeKit can now pick up changes uh, 
as stuff is happening. So whereas before you kind of needed to go in, restart HomeKit and do all that jazz, uh, now it's just kind of seamless. Something changes in Home Assistant, HomeKit automatically picks that up when it comes to like a device level change or something like that and pushes it out. So you don't need to necessarily uh, sit there and monitor kind of like a nice little watchdog there. Just as, hey, something nice. happened. Okay, here we go. Uh, somehow that was, I don't know, that was probably like the least exciting one, but that, that's big <laughs> for, especially for everybody that uses home, uh, home kit, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. No more having but, to restart. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. All right. Uh, new integrations. Google tasks is obviously a new one we've touched on before. So good to see Google tasks in home assistant now. Um, and edge plus, um, is, uh, like a, a Tammy water bar. Am I reading that right? Um, they're boil water and get filter sensors. So, uh, yeah, if you've got one of the Tammy 4 Edge or Edge Plus devices, you now can integrate it with Home Assistant. Yeah. Actually, I just realized we didn't talk about one uh, one other update. So backtracking Ooh. just a touch. Uh, custom date ranges in the energy dashboard. Um, oh, yes. It, yeah, so basically in the energy dashboard, uh, you can now go in and start to say, hey, from this date to this date, I want to see what my what my usage looks like, whatever, right? So it's it's nice. Again, I don't I don't think it's gonna change anything from your automations or anything like that, but it's nice to be able to go in and see what you've done or what you've used within a specific period of time. So that's nice. As opposed to like seven days, you could choose like a 10 day period, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it. You can go in and pick whatever. Like I think you can pick yes. a couple of weeks or a few, maybe a couple of months, even. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. they've they've moved it over to the new. Uh, again, uh, Home Assistant follows the Material um, Design language, right? Yeah. Um, so you can pick like today, yesterday, this week, this month, this quarter, uh, or this year, which is typically what uh, that, that's kind of what the standard pane that uh, Google uses as well. So it's it's very similar to that. You'll you'll see that if you use like Google Analytics, things like that. The, those are some of the selectors in when you when you start filtering things in there gotcha. too. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's a standard because sometimes people might be like, why do I care about this quarter or like like, like whatever? Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. Uh, but but uh, quarter is actually handy to have because again if you're if you're trying to keep your your uh, energy provider honest again you might be getting billed quarterly yes exactly. um, I think my water is billed quarterly or something like some weird period and sometimes like you may go build on the thirteenth of the month or something like that and it's you know the twelfth or thirteenth every month right so yeah, yeah being able to yeah. do those date ranges makes sense yeah. Um, some breaking changes, um, said we have JS as usual, um, the version, um, needs to happen. So just make sure your versions match between your said we have JS and your home assistant. World air quality index, uh, the state attributes of that uh, sensor have been moved, um, to their own sensors now. So the previous state attributes are now deprecated and will be removed in 2024.5. So you've got that nice six month window. Yeah. And last but not least, eight sleep. Um, the API has changed and basically that means it's no longer accessible. Um, actually, I guess that's not last but not least, but I mean, last but not least for us, um, just a couple of others. Check it out in the, in the show notes. Um, that is almost like a cloud strikes again moment for me. Like, 
Eight Sleep, I see, are still advertising their like smart mattress to me on Facebook. Um, mm. As you know, and it's like not a cheap mattress. Like I think it was. No. It's like a th- over $1,000 Australian, like easily. Um, yeah. And now they're well, just it's, like a, it's technically a cover or something, isn't it? Yeah, and then, like, yeah that exactly. Cover yeah, it's not sorry. It's not a whole like... mattress. Yeah, so it's like a, a fancy mattress protector that can cool and heat your mattress. But now they're just going to block out the API. Oh, and I think I read somewhere in the comments that it's cloud dependent, so that if your internet's out, you can't change the settings of your eight sleep cover. Right, right, right. So yeah, yeah. like, and they've, they've got a, fan, a lot of like. like big names that use it and stuff like that. So yeah. again, it's probably sent to, um, I don't know. I don't know who's, I know I still, I still get the ads where uh, MKBHD is like, okay, let me talk about sleep for a second. Right. Or like some yeah. of that. It's like, um, but yeah, I mean, can we, yeah, talk pseudo- about, can we talk about Mazda for a second? Did you see that blog post on the home assistant website about Mazda? I saw it. I kind of glanced by it because I don't own a Mazda. I know, yeah. I know there was conversation about it even on the on the creators call, but I was yeah. clearly distracted. S- give me the explain like I'm five. Okay, so home is it like one person in the home community uh, discovers the Mazda has an API, um, reverse engineers the calls to the API, um, and creates an integration in Python library in python which then um someone else picks up um and creates a home assistant integration so that now you can add your cars details you know from what it can read from the api um into home assistant as sensors and you don't have to open up the mazda app to get those sensors into home assistant right Mm -hmm. mazda says uh don't like the sound of that sends a cease and desist letter to the creator of the python library who then says Hey man, I didn't sign up for this and takes down the library and then has to take down the home business integration because they don't want to get sued by Mazda. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um like that just what poor hand like it's like Philips Hue demanding cloud council just deciding one day at night we're gonna not allow third party Zigbee bulbs. Um like Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I'd be tempted to say, like, if I had bought a Mazda, I'd like Got a deal and return the car. It's not doing what I <laughs> what I could do. You know, I can't. You know, I mean, it's it's frustrating. It's a, it's a really, it's a really let's call it backwards way of thinking. Yeah. Uh, where where and 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 as you were talking, I just I just pulled up the the blog post right, and it talks about like, hey, you know, all these other folks are opening up. Uh, all those other car manufacturers are opening up. Like clearly, it's the way of the future, and and they are yeah. inviting Home Assistant kind of openly has invited Mazda to at least come to the table and talk about it to say, hey, you know, maybe we can kind of explain some of the benefits that we can we can uh, we can gain from here. But yeah, I think I think I, but it, but it's but it's almost like I don't even know how to describe it. It's 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 like people doubling down on just something that's not like not a, not a good idea it's like you know like or, or it's like somebody saying something racist and being like okay 
I agree with you, but and it's like okay, if you're saying but, you're you just, you just yeah. negated everything. You just you just you just yeah. you know backpedaled on right. So it's, yes, it's your data, it, it's, but we're on the API, so you can't access it in the way we you, we want to. Right. Right? right, right. So which is which is fine. Release a proper API behind it, then and and then do yeah. that kind of thing, right? So the fact that you have it again, somebody found it, whatever. But I don't know. I think sending a cease and desist is kind of kind of harsh, right? Like, yeah. Especially, especially to an individual, like it's not like it's a, you know, it's not a big company that's like monetizing something and things like that. I, I totally get that, part, right? Like, um, like I don't know, like like if like a Google was doing something where they uh, like reverse engineered their API and and did something and 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 they're making money off of it and stuff like that, totally understand why why they would take that yep. stance. This is this is just stupid, right? You're 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 going after. I mean, I don't mean to sound crude, but it's almost like you're, are you that worried about how fragile your IP is about behind like doing something like that? Right. And maybe that means, you know, fine, your, your API wasn't suited for that scale or something like that, then, then scale up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like it's, uh, there's, there's enough folks out there that are very familiar with a lot of these technologies and hire somebody and and make sure that it's 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 feasible to do that right um again not telling anybody how to run their business but it's it's uh i don't know i just i i just don't see that being a good pr move right um but no i don't yeah like who's gonna win out of this situation right yeah yeah i don't know it's it's kind of silly but i mean that's they, they, we're seeing we're seeing this a little bit now right yeah like how many more i'm over it with that said uh let's throw it on a break maybe there'll be an amazderad for you <laughs> hey everyone i just wanted to take a minute to talk about the eufy video lock it's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling it's got a keyless entry so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. So we had a, few, a couple of uh, like a couple of episodes ago, I talked about uh, my Zigbee issues, my battery devices going offline. Um, I had the whole thing about moving over to the Sky Connect and Everything was working beautifully. Rohan has bloody come back. I'm frustrated. Um, what happened? Have you have you found like have you done any troubleshooting or no, just one of those I, I things? It's when I add new devices, things mm. just start dropping off, and it's the same Zigbee devices. Like my Aquara door window sensors, these random ones, some water leak sensors, they just drop off. Right. And, now in a point where I'm like, okay, I've got Sky Connect, I've got a Combi. I don't necessarily want to buy 
uh, Sonoff, which I know Charlie recommended uh, as the answer. Um, yeah. I'm I'm thinking, so we actually got uh, some Home Assistant kit. Um, so I got one of these bad boys, uh, the Home Assistant the green. green. Yeah. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was very nice to send me one of those. I haven't opened it yet, still freshly in its box. I'm considering using that just as the OS um, to replace. I'm running Z-Wave JS on a, another server, so I can have it, you know, in the center of the house. Mm-hmm. I may look at running like the Zigbee to MQTT add-on with the combi stick in another location and go back to running two Zigbee networks. Because um, maybe the Zigbee, like maybe there's too many devices for the hardware to handle and they're just dropping off. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still experimenting. I was looking at some, again, I don't know that this is necessarily what it is, but um, they're a little advanced, but there are commands to look at your, like, uh, I guess in, in the Zigbee world, they call it energy uh, utilization, I think. Right. Uh, but basically, like, how noisy is each channel, yeah. right? Um, so that might be something you want to do. I think it's called running an energy scan or something like that. Um, yeah. the, the thing is like, and I, I didn't, I haven't been able, I didn't get a chance to do it, but if I read, like if I load in a backup of the radio settings, those devices, I don't have to pair them. They'll come back. So yeah. it's not like I'm, it's for whatever reason, like the controller is just marking them as unavailable. And yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. I've also got yeah, some IKEA I've, blinds that aren't playing nicely with ZHA that might do better with the quirks on Zigbee to MQTD. So that's what I'm thinking. Just run two Zigbee networks. But they returned. I'm frustrated. Zigbee was, like, you know, supposed to be, I thought Zigbee was in a good place, but no. Nothing drops out from Z-Wave. Z-Wave has its own issues, but Z-Wave is much more solid, much more expensive, but much more. Yeah. So, whereas Zigbee just seems to be flaky. I wonder if you're just hitting a scan. How many how many Zigbee devices do you have in I think it's like, sixty eight right or s- would have just touched seventy, but most like the a good third, maybe even half, would be powered, you know, Philips Hue light bulbs, which acts as routers, right? Um and when I pair, yeah. you know, these battery devices, I'm not pairing them directly to the controller and pairing them, you know, next to a, a Philips Hue light bulb next to it. So it goes, sure. gets the right routes, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just, in theory, I should not be hitting device limits like that. Yeah. Again, I don't know if it's per, if there's limits per router or per uh, controller. Yeah. Right. Uh, where Home Assistant is the controller and, and you know, any p- plugged in, device is a is a router yep. so um yeah yep, yep. interesting that's uh but yeah that's that my sucks. rant i'm sorry it sucks i will let people know how i go with running two zigbee networks when i get time to set that up i'll have to put that into google tasks yeah. and get that scheduled in my calendar so yeah there you go i mean so since you're showing off your uh home assistant green my uh home assistant yellow finally showed up yes well uh, done I, did you get the green or the yellow first uh, I got the green first, and then, nice. and then the yellow. <laughs> uh, the the yellow I had actually done uh, 
from when it was on crowd supply so when yep. it was basically in their like kickstarter phase right uh when they yep. first announced it whatever i think i didn't buy it immediately i think i got it in like march or something like that i i placed the order um and uh just because of all the i think the raspberry pi shortages and stuff um what is cool though uh is they decided that because there's a shortage i forget which one i originally ordered there's a a little note in here um saying hey uh you actually got a cm4 with 32 gig of emmc rather than you ordering 16 gig just because we we didn't we didn't have stock so yeah i guess that's kind of nice um it's nice that uh they're just like hey we got these units in it's not like it's it's higher than what you ordered right yep. so you don't have that on us as an incon and as a sorry for our inconvenience yep. kind of thing which um i really upgraded i, I appreciate it sorry and uh and it was like it literally says we didn't want to make you because we didn't want to make you wait any longer we decided to gift you a free upgrade so that's nice and, and i've appreciated because i know i've uh it, it's been a while because i was like it was first supposed to i got it in march it was already set to ship in like i think like june and then it was pushed yeah. to august and then pushed to october so finally end of october i've uh received mine so um but that that that's from the uh from the actual original campaign um i think yeah. now they sell it on seed studio i think right so yeah i think they're pretty uh, or is it seed or mouse or one of some of those yeah so will that eventually be your home is an instance running on the yellow is that your plan that's my plan um I'm trying to get away from using my so right now I just run everything on on my like on like a lab server. Yep. Uh I'm just trying to move away from it. Just it's just really loud. Um so I pro it probably will become my my main home assistant box. Yep. Um not anytime immediately. I think I want to play around with it, uh, do that kind of thing. And then uh, the green is going to become my like dev test box and stuff nice. like that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So then that way I can have like a nice clean dev Production environment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So are you going to do any of like um, the hardware upgrades? Cause you can get like a coral and plug that into the yellow, I think. And yeah. So the coral, it has to be the USB version. Right. Um, you can't run the um m.2 version on it i think there's some some issue that they found um uh and they made that pretty clear fairly early on pretty much i think like immediately when they found it probably like april or may um, yeah gotcha this year and uh, yeah um do i want to do that probably maybe um i don't know yet but uh Still TBD, but it'll be nice because one of the things is, uh, you know, stuff comes out for the OS first, right? And it's it's a lot easier on the OS and stuff like that. And uh, I've never so, experienced the OS add-on store yet. Like, I'm really excited to get the green up and running. Yeah. And have, like, that whole store. Like, not hacks, the official add-on store, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I want to see for what running containers, about. like... Yeah, yeah, like matter server or like exactly, exactly all those kind of things. Uh, but but they, they've they've actually been doing a pretty good job. So like matter server originally, I believe was only available on um, the add-on store when when it yeah. when it was like very early on when they started out. Um, but now I, I I got it running on my standard Docker um, 
that up and yeah, works great. Um, same, same with from some of the year, the voice stuff. Uh, a lot of that stuff is now available on, uh, on just a standard Docker container. So like whisper and all of those kind of things, nice. uh, is now on, on this. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's pretty nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to play with that again. It's just been a little crazy. Uh, so I haven't had the time to even open it. Uh, I just like I op- I opened it quickly. Was like, oh, cool, and then put it put it back in its box. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's cool. So nice and exciting. Um, in some news for us, we got a new website. Um, check it out. Yeah. Um, you may not know this, but we've been doing uh, video uh, of us doing the podcast with guests and ourselves for quite some time. So the website reflects that. Um, it's an easy way to. Watch the videos on YouTube. Um, please feel free to subscribe there as well. Um, but yeah, enjoy the website. It's taken me a while to get it there, yeah. but we finally got a little bit of a fresher website. Amazon's getting, well, you know, they've got the new logo. They're getting a whole bunch of new assets. A lot of time for us to, you know, like become more modern and yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And thanks for your hard work on that, Phil. That was, that was for those of you wondering, that was 100% Phil. Uh, outside of Phil sending me being like, Hey, what do you think? <laughs> that, that, that was my input into it. And, uh, and I think you did a great job. So thanks for that. Phil. Thank you. My, my plan is to automate as much as I can, right? Now that I've got this website done, I can, all right. Now, how do I get our show notes to automatically or automatically push into the website? Right. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, a little bit more of a, uh, of a little bit of a downer topic. Um, so a little bit of a PSA as well. Um, smoke detectors, uh, folks, check them. Um, invest in a good quality one. Uh, I, j- I just know some. I just, I just you know, heard some news from somebody that I know uh, whose house unfortunately um, did catch on fire, and and you know there it, it was. Luckily, nobody was hurt or anything like that. Um, but it was uh, it was a chemical fire, from what I understand. So, uh, or yeah. there's a ton of chemical smoke, from what I understand. So, yep. Um, and it started out, I think, in their garage or something like that. So, um, he mentioned that um, it was, you know, he was like, you know, you know, the Nest Protect specifically in this case um, is what he was using, and uh, and he was like, it saved my family's life just because, again, it was like. Hey, the like because it because it does announce right like even even like I've got a couple in the house too and like you know like hey there's smoke detected in the basement or yep. in like the hallway or wherever right so uh, that actually he found that that helped quite a bit for them um, and they were able to they were able to um, luckily escape so you know that being said um, folks please make sure you regularly check your smoke detectors and stuff like that uh, you never think it's going to happen to you but it 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 can yep um but with that said um again smart smoke detectors are are they exist um so that way even if if there's you know you're not home and you know maybe your loved one are loved ones are and stuff like that you can still get an alert um be able to respond to it hopefully if you're close enough or yep something like that um Definitely something worth investing in if you haven't already. Uh, here it is; it is a regulation where you where you are legally required to have uh, smoke detectors at home. Um, I believe carbon monoxide as well. Um, we've we've got we've got those uh, in our house. But even if if you're in a place where it is optional, 
I would definitely suggest uh, looking at that. Um, and I think they typically last like 10 years or something like that is, is when they're good they're for crazy it. Now. Yeah. Even the batteries, like they last the whole, they last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. So um, yeah, S- smoke, carbon monoxide. Um, I, I would definitely get those. And, and they, they, I believe the Nest Protect is two in one. So yeah, not, I actually then, got a Nest Protect because um, I was mm-hmm. renting in my previous house and we had like yeah. a, an old gas heater. Um, and I didn't trust, you know, that we weren't going to you know, get carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, so I just bought yeah. a Nest Protect battery powered one, um, stuck it on a bookcase um, near the uh, heater. And then I knew yeah. that, like, okay, if we're going to get poisoned, this thing's going to beep at us, right? Um, and yeah, since like reading... Uh, you know, you messaged me about this the other day, and I was like, "All right, yeah." In this new house, we've got the laws here are a bit strange. So, um, any house built after '99, I'm going to say, you have okay. to have hardwired smoke detectors, and they. And then I think right. it's anything after 2008 or something. They then have to be linked. I could be wrong, but they're rough numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, house built before 99 like mine doesn't have to have wired in smoke detectors um but so i'm just going to go ahead get a whole bunch of these uh, battery powered nest protects all right and i'm going to put them in all the bedrooms and beautiful thing is because they're wi-fi um they communicate with each other so yeah they're linked right don't have to get an electrician out to do it um it doesn't use the cloud doesn't use the actual wi-fi of my network the nest protects i believe have their own wi-fi so uh, that they use off their batteries. So yeah, and 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 there's also again, this isn't an advert for Nest Protect by any means, mm. um, and and it is definitely a much more expensive option than a regular oh, yeah. uh, smoke alarm. Uh, get something if you have nothing today. Yeah, buy the ten dollar um, one right, at the hardware store. Connected. Yeah, yeah, just get something. Um, but if you can, they, there is advantages. So there's a bunch of Zigbee ones as well. Uh, that I have seen, um, and yep. if that's your yeah, jam, then great. As well. Yeah, yeah. So um, just get them if you can. If you are able to afford the connected ones, that's even better. Uh, like the smart ones, uh, that's even better. Um, yeah, just uh, just a little little PSA. Um, again, we had so- someone who I'm friends with. He went through that. So um, hopefully, if we can save a couple of lives, that'll that'll be that'll be good. Um, so please don't uh, don't skimp out on that. I'm actually looking at uh, getting uh, natural gas detectors as well um, because it's mostly oh, methane, I think. So yeah. yeah, so it's just like CH4, right? Is okay. um, they exist? I I I know next to nothing about them. Um, yep. But if if anybody's got recommendations on them, uh, leave uh, leave if you're watching on YouTube leave a comment um, or uh, feedback at uh, haspodcast.io. That would yep. be phenomenal. Um, ideally it's like a Zigbee one or uh, even Z-Wave's fine. Um, yep. But uh, yeah. That's nice. I didn't realize that was a thing. So it makes perfect sense. So like you leave the stove on accidentally, it'd be nice to know. I, I've, I've seen them. I, I, I don't think it's very common. Um, yep. Like, like there's definitely no like rule here where we need to have one or something like that. Um, hmm. And I know you get like the manual detectors where you take the little probe and stick it next to your like fireplace yep. or whatever. And, and if it's, if it's leaking, it'll, it'll beep. Uh, at minimum, I'm, I think I'm going to 
just invest in one of those if I can't find anything else. Um, but ideally, I'd like to, to your point, Phil, like have one maybe over like I have a gas water heater, for example, have one over the water heater, yes. right? That way yep. um, and or around like a couple of my fireplaces, which are gas as well. And uh, I have a gas stove. So I actually have quite a bit of natural gas in the house um, yep. from an appliance perspective. Uh, my dryer is not, but other than that, a lot of my appliances are. So um yeah you have any plans to remove gas no uh cost too much at this point <laughs> so, um it's it's yeah i mean if i if i can if i can avoid uh if i can avoid using uh using it all together like we don't like sometimes we'll fire the fireplace up them some of the stuff like that but it's not it's not often because again it's we have we're luckily we have uh, central heating here as well uh which yep. again comes through a gas furnace right and yeah. uh but so i don't really need to necessarily use my uh fireplace and stuff so i i do i do typically especially in the summers and stuff i just turn them right off like i turn the gas right off to it yeah uh and the pilot light off so yeah i, I try and try and not use it where i can like where i am the really like trying to get people just to move to electricity get rid of like gas and i would love to be in that position just uh i've only got the furnace or the thermostat um or the straw heating sorry um yeah the stove and the hot water when i get those three things done i can be gas free yeah Which, i know at some point here gas was way cheaper like natural gas yes, was way cheaper yes, than yeah electricity so that's also even though electricity is more renewable and stuff so i think i think they've both gone up far enough that yeah. <laughs> that's not necessarily the case maybe i don't know i haven't looked at it in a while but you can always put solar panels on but i don't know if you're going to make your own gas there i mean i've seen some ways it can't be done but yeah i'm not i'm not starting a science project in my yeah. house <laughs> um all right, so that, that, that so that's my go. little PSA. Um, but if anybody knows any 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 detectors for natural gas, which I believe in North America is primarily composed of methane, yep. uh, let me know. Please, thank you. I've, I think I read somewhere, maybe it's an old wives' tale, but I think the like naturally the gas that comes through doesn't have a smell. They actually add an odor so that you they can do. smell it. Yeah, All right, crazy. Yeah, a bit like yeah. how margarine's gray. They put food dye in to make it yellow. What? I didn't know that. Butter. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a big margarine guy, anyways. I, but no, yeah, no, it's gonna be butter, butter all the way. Yeah, yeah. don't do that's much. Gross. That's yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> all right. Uh, um, sorry if anyone's having breakfast and they've just got margarine like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last topic for today. Um, another sad one or a frustrating one. One that I read on the um, Building the Open Home newsletter, which is from Home Assistant. Um, Paulus does it once a month. Um, if you don't subscribe to it, do subscribe. It's a great little read. has a few little Home Assistant projects around the community that are being done. Um, there was a little uh, article in there that Amazon is now going to charge you, uh, was it like a couple of bucks a month or something, to use your Echo Show 8 as a digital photo frame. Um. Wow. Yeah. Like, I know they're not we making heard, enough we money. We heard rumors from, about this. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. 
I don't know. I know they're not making enough money from that little smart assistant, but yeah, that's yeah. I mean, bring on your the voice know. and get rid of those devices. All right. I mean, I, maybe I would. Maybe another year well, needs to be you know done voice. Now we need to do the display aspect of. Uh, I mean, I've got dashboards and stuff, but I mean. <sighs> Honestly, at that point, I'd replace it with like a tablet or something. It, yeah. it effectively is a tablet, right? So, yeah. Um, with a nice speaker. If you got the yeah, one. yeah. So if you can replace it, I know the some of the ones that look like the like the frame and stuff like that. Those are nice. Um, I, I think hopefully we're we're getting to the point where uh, we don't need to have a reliance on folks like amazon um yeah your point you're the voice is a great it's called first second third step into that uh into that yep. world um yeah so there you go 2023.11 a fantastic release so we've seen lawn mowers now to-do lists i'm sure there's been another device class out of this year too but uh, oh yeah there's been this, yeah at least one other fantastic one, but... release uh, we'll be back for 2023.12. We'll have a special guest. Not that it'll be a big surprise for anyone that's a regular listener. Um, hopefully joining us for our last release episode for the year. Um, that's us. We'll see you in a month. Cheers. Cheers. If you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io.